Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We're real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy! Let's do it! Cool, cool, cool. Uh, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) How was your week? Uh, my week's been... <laughs> Lord, <laughs> my week's been good. <laughs> uh, I did some pressure. God damn you! <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew a single thing about me. <laughs> uh, and my week's been good. I I did some pressure washing the other day, Sick. which, as we all know, and as any zookeeper out there will just like, oh, uh, get so excited about. Is pressure washing mm-hmm. because it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who hasn't done it in their life should at some point, because um, it is really satisfying. And I'm not gonna go and say that it's the best thing in the world. We're not gonna get that nuts, but it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I did like a whole side of a wall of like a building, and god damn, that thing is sparkling. Um, let me just alternate, alternate universe, the universe in which I live, where I have to power wash an entire penguin pool once a week uh for about six to seven hours it was fun like the first time um Mm. and now i want to die yeah i think um maybe too much of a good thing yep Mm -hmm. yep Mm. but isn't it just so satisfying maybe maybe once upon a time but when you get to (laughs) my age uh it really just drives you drives you nuts (laughs) I've been doing this for 35 years, and I couldn't hate it more. I have a body of, like, a 100-year-old. I had to go to physical therapy for my wrist injuries from power washing too much. Oh, woof. Yeah. You're really getting into it. (laughs) Yeah, really just washed the shit out of the pool. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) You should be. Flora, are you ready to hear about the animal of the week? I am. I don't even know what letter we're on. We're on letter N. Amazing. Remember, because last week we went down to the dirty depths of the ocean? Oh, that's true. And we're like Uh, swimming around with the moray eel? Yes. Well, this week, we are not going anywhere. We're staying in the ocean. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Keep treading water. This week, do you want to take a guess at what we're doing? Mmm, mmm, mmm. Uh, mm, mm, uh, uh, mm, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. Okay. It's the narwhal. Oh my god! I was gonna. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything that's harder than the letter N. Honestly, I know when you're put on the spot, man. It's hard. God, you could put any money they could sign like any monetary amount to that and just be like name one single animal that starts with n and i couldn't like, I do can't. it i couldn't do it i kept thinking like nebra fish which is this like zebra yeah. fish with an n in front that's just uh, the push sideways it's not real whoa the narwhal the narwhal that yeah. mystical bitch i know get ready people say it's the unicorn of the sea Ugh, i love it i've never said that but people say it so i think it's I the unicorn in general why like why are we putting a right right it's not like there's like a land mammal or something flying through the air that's bucking around with one single horn right like on purpose (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean if they are then they've had a bad day they've had a rough life 
yeah, so the narwhal. Um, let's get into that classification. First and foremost, domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. I think, really quick, maybe let's go over some <laughs> of those things, because I don't know if all of our listeners know what those are. And actually, I got some feedback from a listener today. Uh, thank you, Rihanna from Minnesota, for giving feedback. Oh. She recommended that we, um, when we're going over the classification, talk about, like, what each of those things means. Because she was like, that's cool and all, but I don't know what that means related to me as a human. So I was like, that makes sense. Good call. So, first and foremost, we're in the domain Eukarya. I think we talked about that in Mm -hmm. one of our first episodes. Mm -hmm. Which is basically like multicellular organisms, which are most things. And in fact, I would argue, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say everything we talk about on the show is going to be in that domain. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Don't go too crazy. I've seen some, like, pretty dope little flecks of amoeba in my day that I really want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're pretty cool, but it brings me to my next point in that kingdom. We're in the kingdom Animalia, so <laughs> since we're talking about animals, it's probably going to fall within that. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yes. So, uh, phylum, the next one up is chordata. Chordates? Are, yeah, chordates. So... In case anyone didn't know, a chordate is an animal belonging to the phylum chordata, but chordates specifically possess a notochord, which is the dorsal nerve cord, which is essentially your spine. spinal cord. Got a spine! Yeah. Uh, a lot of them also, well, all, a lot of them. Uh, chordates also have pharyngeal slits, an mm. endostyle, and a post-anal tail. So, Fantastic. While we as humans may not necessarily overtly have those things, we do have vestigial versions of those things, and so we, too, are chordates. But the first, the biggest one is that we have a notochord, which is that dorsal nerve cord, uh, which, again, just about almost everything we talk about is going to be within the phylum chordate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that... We move on to class. That's the one that everyone knows. This is uh, a mammal. So we're in class mammalia. Mammalia. Woo! Mammalia. Whatever you want to say. Uh, so yeah, narwhals are mammals. They got hair. They got hair. They got milk. They breathe. Wait, wait. I'm going to come up with a rhyme. They oh. got hair. They breathe air. They live life with a flare. <laughs> mammals. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back to the store you bought that from. Did you guys like my slam poetry? Oh my I'm, god. I'm dabbling in it these days. Uh, <laughs> mammals have hair. They do breathe air. They produce milk. All that fun stuff. They have belly buttons. That too! <laughs> I'm telling you, they live life with flair. Just like me. Don't give away too much, for In theory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the order. For narwhals, it is... Arteodactyla? I think that's Woo! how you say it. Um, Flora, do you want to guess what the order Arteodactyla uh, includes? Uh, I want to say it's like whale stuff. It is some whale stuff. Um, I don't know how or why you would ever guess this unless you actually knew the answer, but it includes even-toed ungulates. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, let's go down this other little wormhole. An ungulate is referred to as a hoofed animal. Uh, a hoofed animal whose weight is 
um, equally distributed between their third and fourth toes. <laughs> Which is nuts. You're probably wondering, like, oh, why, why are we talking about this when we're talking about whales? But it's important to contrast the even-toed ungulates, which are the artiodactyla, with the mm. odd-toed ungulates. And those mm. are things like horses. Where giraffe. Wait, yeah, is a giraffe one? Yeah, is, like, mostly on their third toe. Is a giraffe one? I don't know. <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> shouted giraffe. Now we have Dated. to... Giraffe. Um, uh, now I'm going to give some examples. So... Is it a giraffe? Is your example giraffe? <laughs> I will never answer that. <laughs> They're even-toed. They're even-toed. Yeah. Um, there are roughly Ugh. 220 artiodactyl species, and the best examples are things like pigs, hippos, camels, llamas, deer, giraffe, antelope, sheep, goats, cattle, things like that. Those are all even-toed ungulates, which are in the same order as... Whales and shit. Mm, not all whales. <laughs> as, um... Yeah. As some whales. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Specific. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so things like dolphins, killer whales, porpoises, uh, narwhals, and beluga whales are all mm-hmm. considered even-toed mm-hmm. ungulates because they have vestigial versions of that toe. They're still within that. So, you know, sometimes classifications make sense, and sometimes they don't make a lick of sense. Um, beyond that, though, the uh, infra-order that they're a part of is cetacea. So these are cetaceans, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially these days, are well aware of the word cetaceans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, the family that they're in is the monodontidae. I know that. Monodontidae yeah, means one because tooth. Exactly, because what's the only other species in that family? My home skillet, the beluga whale. That's it. One and only. The narwhal and the beluga are besties forever. Wow, really? They really are. This dog didn't have a found like the one squeaky toy and is now squeaking it directly next to me. <laughs> it's like it's like cool background music. I love editing dumb dogs out of our podcast. It's my fucking favorite thing. <laughs> I think that's the majority of our time is editing animal noises out. Seriously, God. Uh, yeah. So the beluga and the narwhal are within that same family. They're the only two within that family, and they're both really weird. Yeah. So we've already touched on the beluga a little bit. So let's talk a little bit more about the narwhal. Hopefully that was helpful. All that classification stuff for everyone. Oh, this is fun. I now have a cat eating some blinds behind me. Okay, (laughs) back at it. Narwhal is a toothed whale, which again includes things like dolphins, porpoises, um. Orcas, sperm whale, like any of those toothed whales, which if you guys don't know the difference don't know the difference between that and a baleen whale, go listen to episode four, Dolphin. Because I feel like I kinda blew Flora's mind with all of those things that I discovered. There was crazy looking facts. that up. It was nuts. But these guys, as it the name implies, they have teeth. They have teeth. Okay, cool. My cat is insane. I can hear um, I can hear him being crazy. So the classification for the narwhal is monodon monoceros mm. or monoceros. Yeah, I think it sounds cooler that way because it sounds like rhinoceros. But it means one tooth, one horn. Mm. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward, right? So yeah. beyond that, though, if you think about the word narwhal, it's an Icelandic word. So the Norse prefix of nar uh, refers to the word corpse. <laughs> oh, And the... And the portion of the word vol, or wall, um, refers to whale. 
So put those together and you have the corpse whale. Golly, why? <laughs> I know, it's a little morbid. Uh, according to the Icelandic people, I guess, their skin color re- resembles that of a drowned sailor. Of a dead person? I can see that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that all Icelandic people just, like, have this inherent knowledge. Listeners from Iceland, that's what I'm not saying. Also, thank you for listening to our program. (laughs) (laughs) How Uh, the fuck did you hear about us? Exactly. (laughs) But historically, that's where it came from. Nice. So, neat, neat, neat. Um, I want to draw your attention, Flora, really Mm -hmm, quickly mm -hmm. to... Our favorite resource on the internet, Wikipedia. Slim Jim Because. Exactly. Um, because this is the return of everyone's favorite spooky shadow man. Oh, the, no. The man that makes the scale to all the other whales. Yes. God. So, please go ahead. Look him up. We will uh, include a picture of him on our social media because, I don't know, I think he's like the MVP. People love this guy. Just like we do. But he's especially menacing in this image. Yeah. um, Because the narwhal in the image is just really cute and, like, dooting around. He's got his little tusk and he's, like, smiling and stuff. And then there's just this man. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Your cat is rocking (laughs) the house down. He leapt from the top of the couch seven feet horizontally. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is what I thought. Okay. So, um... I went to the narwhal image and found Scuba, Scuba, One Punch Man, whatever his mm-hmm. problem yep. is. And I was yeah. like, man, that narwhal looks just like the beluga with a horn on it. And then I went to the <laughs> beluga one, and it is. I took the same image of the beluga, and they duct tape a horn to the front. I'm telling you, man, Wikipedia is like, the go- best source out there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They did edit the tail flukes. They did. They did. They did. Okay. Do they just pace But they have flick? just, like, the same, like, dead eyes, like, kind of neutral smile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're almost identical. But also, like, the Shadow Man is directly behind this thing. Well, he's like, when I say he's it's... not in front. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's of his own design. <laughs> the Narwhal's like, it's safer back here, buddy. Yeah, he would have gotten probed if he was up front. That's so true. Speaking of that probe, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Okay. Let's talk about their big, gnarly tooth. <laughs> because Let's talk about it. It's wild. It's like a candy um, cane. Sharpened It really point. is. It really is. Christmas gone wild. Uh, so generally speaking, the males have tusks, which are what that big old tooth is. Okay. Um, because they are toothed whales, they are born, listen to this, they're born with the capacity to grow 15 teeth, but they only ever grow two. <laughs> they got those on the back burner. Right? Right? They just have, like, a bunch of wisdom teeth brewing around that never come out. Um, They're only ever born with two. The males are generally the ones who have the tusk, and the tusk is actually one of their two teeth. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and it just rockets out of their face. It does, yeah. Try to wrap your head around that. Not only that, but the teeth that they grow are canine teeth. Oh, my God. So it's a canine tooth blasting forth out of their face. And what does that other little tooth look like? The one just inside chilling. Like, he probably feels bad about himself. I think he's just the little the He little doesn't tooth. turn into a sword like the other tooth. No. But that's a lot of pressure, too, though. Like, maybe he's just like, oh, I just want right. to be in here. I just want to be um, safe on the inside. It's really weird. So, uh, yeah, so it's specifically the left tooth that forms the spiral tusk. Obviously. 
because of why not of course uh and it can grow to be over three meters long I am, which is what is that nuts um what did you say How, what is that what are three oh meters? um three meters yeah. it's roughly nine feet okay you know i don't know anything oh wow that's, that's true so bigger than me <laughs> yeah almost bigger than both of us <laughs> that's a big tooth that's one big tooth yeah, especially considering that. the world's that biggest tooth? To the size of the other tooth? Um, great question. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to agree because nothing even else. I mean, other things have tusks, but it's not their fucking tooth jutting out of their skull. It's wild, yeah. Um, here's a little bit more. Whew. So, like I said, the left tooth is the one that explodes out of their face okay. and makes this spiral tusk. It always spirals counterclockwise. So, as if it didn't already make absolutely no sense that this tooth, instead of growing in the place that it should grow, is bursting out of the front of their face. It's also like, uh-oh, I can only go this way, ever. What? It is some predetermined weird tooth destiny going on here. I, yeah. I just, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm here, I'm just... Let that sink in! speechless i i mean okay i mean i've got a wisdom tooth like brewing in the back of my (laughs) my mouth right now that's just like causing me some trouble um and it's annoying but it's it's nothing close to a tooth just bursting right out of my mouth through my face right just because it's like i have to i'm just Okay, I'm looking at, like, a very close image of this thing coming out of this thing's mm-hmm, face. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, not it's not born with that already out, right? Uh-uh. No. So at some point, it's going to, like, erupt through their skin. Yes. It's like they have, like, a hole for it. Ow! Yeah. yeah, evolutionarily, it's a really odd sequence of events. <laughs> Which is uh. why they're called the unicorn of the sea, apparently. Uh God. So, like I said, the males are generally the ones that have the tusk. Well, I'd rather out be a face. girl, I think. Uh, that's not to say that the females don't have them. Fuck. Around 15% of females do, in fact, have a tusk. What the hell? That's pretty rare, though. And even more rare are uh, the presence of two tusks, which is when both teeth go. Shut up. I know, but in that case, it's usually, like, there's one, like, mega tusk that's, like, getting all the glory, and then the one, like, little BB tusk that's just like, I'm here, too. So he just turns into a walrus instead. A little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, so let that sink in, because <sighs> that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Oh, my God. I can't stop thinking of that movie Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I haven't seen most of these weird movies that I've never heard of. Okay, this one's actually weird. I just... Nobody would go and see it. It made me ill inside. Oh. It uh, has Justin Long in it, and they just, like, turn him oh, into a walrus. no! I remember you telling me about they, this. like, stitch his flesh into the, a walrus shape. It made me feel ick. Um, anyway, so just... That's where my headspace is at. <laughs> Why would you... Why would you do this? <laughs> we keep saying tusk words. I said tusk. I don't know. It's a tooth. <laughs> it's one big tooth and it's in my face. Um, so let's get back to some more normal animal facts because I think that's Does it have any? Thing. 
Yeah. Um, it's a medium-sized whale. Okay. It doesn't have a dorsal fin. It doesn't. Mm-mm. Which, in case anyone wasn't aware, the dorsal fin is the one on their back. And this guy just doesn't have it. So he's just like a big tube with some little fins and like a little tail. He has a little fluke. And then just like a giant protruding tooth from the center of his face. Yeah, he's just like a sausage and you stuck a toothpick like a little cocktail wiener that you tried to stick with a toothpick mm-hmm. so you could pick it up off the tray. That's right, narwhal. Right. right. Um, it just seems like something that I would draw at the age of three. Mm-hmm. Like, fresh from my imagination. Right. Um, here's something interesting as well. So, they have their two teeth, right? The yeah. left one erupts through their face. The right one most of the time stays in their face. They have the capacity to grow 15 teeth, but they don't. (laughs) They only grow two. Um, But let's talk about their diet really quick, because they eat, like, cod, halibut, squid, octopus, crustaceans, like, kind of anything they can find in their area Mm -hmm. and anything they, like, follow with their migratory paths. Mm -hmm. Um, However, they don't have any damn teeth in their mouth. Right. So they're just gumming these hearty-ass, like, seafood. Giant fish and shit. Yes! What? How? Why? How? Just, why though? Gums of steel. Golly. Mhm. Mhm. Um. Yeah. So they eat lots of different fish. Uh, like I said, they migrate. They're migratory, so they tend to um go to like different areas of water according to different times of the year. But their main habitat are in Arctic waters. So they're like big cold babies. And yeah. they're near Greenland, Canada, Norway, and Russia. Dope. So they're just all up there. Um, and people have a lot of questions about their tooth, which I agree because I also have a lot of questions about their big tooth. Um, Endless nam- questions. Namely, I have two main questions. One, why? And the other one, how? I think are my main questions. Um, but as for the why, there are a number of hypotheses out there. The main one being that, um, they think that because it's predominantly found in males, that it's potentially, uh, like, dominance thing. Like, someone who has the larger tusk may be a more dominant individual within the group and may, you know, have access to more food or more breeding opportunities or whatever. Um, it may also aid in like, sparring between males to gain dominance. So they think that that might aid in it as well. Um, It may be an indicator of health. Because if you've got a big old (laughs) spike coming out of your face, maybe you're the healthiest one. You're doing all right, I guess. Yeah, could be worse. Doing pretty well, yeah. Um, So I don't know. There are a number of hypotheses out there. And I actually read this interesting article when I was researching these guys um, about, like, why, why this would why this would even happen not only why they have this really big long like horn coming out of their face but um why they don't have any teeth in their mouth (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense to me Uh, um evolution man i don't it's whack it's a whack-ass animal i don't get it but back to normal whale stuff uh they communicate just like other whales do, with clicks and whistles and knocks. So, just like your beloved belugas. Aww. They're gonna do that. Those little canaries of the sea, hanging yeah. out with the unicorns of the sea. 
Uh, seriously, just the weird ass. Apparently, we can they... only relate to whales if we compare them to an animal <laughs> that is not <laughs> a whale. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because they are literally like insane. And people for years and years have seen drawings of them or seen them in person and been like, "That's whack! What the hell is that? That right. must be a, a mythical creature." Yeah, which, they're not wrong. Um. And as far as, like, with belugas as well, as you know, with their different uh, vocalizations that they make, it's sort of, like, concentrated and reverberated through their little melon on their face. Yeah. And their forehead. So, um, do you want to talk about that a little bit as far as, like, how belugas communicate and narwhals as well? Sure. Well, belugas have, like, a super predominant melon, and it is just a fatty, fat thing. Um, but they can squish it and bend it and manipulate it to either, like, direct or change. I think helps change, like, the pitch of the noise, too, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so, like, when we would ask the belugas to communicate and doing different vocalizations, you would see it distort. And when they're underwater, you can see it, like, ripple. Um, because they're using that to, like, amplify their noise through their fucking forehead. Which is, like just weird i mean not none of this is real this is all (laughs) what the hell are we talking about these are so weird none of these animals actually exist (laughs) they're just like a super order of beings that run the entire world god uh yeah Uh, i think does that sound right yeah that is right that's absolutely right it's uh it's the exact same with the narwhal yeah that melon man between that melon and that big spike um Oh, I forgot to mention, speaking of the big tusk coming out of their face, if, if I haven't talked about enough weird stuff about it, uh, people believe that it has sensory capabilities because it has up to 10 million nerve endings within it. Oh my god. I know. So it's like a big metal detector motherfucking thing? It's just like this big pointy just like antenna. Swoops it around. <laughs> oh my god. They're aliens. They have to be. Seriously, I think they were dropped in the ocean from above, and they've just been monitoring us ever since. Oh my god. The truth is out there. <laughs> I'm just, I can't stop staring at this one close-up picture of this narwhal. <laughs> with yeah. With this thing jutting out of it. Yeah, it's really And then weird. it's like tiny mouth underneath of it. <laughs> yeah, with its, with its no teeth. How do you even get to fish because your tooth's in the way? Great question. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, I want that fish. Oops, I hit it with my schnoz. It's gone forever. I impaled I it instead. It's stuck on my <laughs> face now forever. And I'll never eat. I'll just die here. I just have to look at it and be hungry. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. It's like a little um, shish kebab. Oh, it is. Maybe they help each other out. Wouldn't that be cute? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, that's cute. But yeah, the fact that they their mouth isn't even full of any teeth, but they could develop uh 14 did i say 15 earlier i meant 14 they have the capacity to develop 14 but they don't i mean it's not like that number means anything because they still don't develop them right so take that as you will um so anyways back to some normal narwhal whale facts uh newborns are gray or bluish gray they're just like little poopers uh once they're weaned they turn black so, typical teenage stuff. <laughs> goth phase. <laughs> you know how it goes. Goth phase trying, activated. Yep, trying to distance yourself from your parents. You start wearing pants with clothespins on them. 
It's just, it's the standard way of life. Been there, done that. Uh-huh. And then as they get older, they get sort of like a speckled mottled pattern, mm-hmm. and they can be like gray and like brown and black and white and like bluish gray, and they kind of have this like mottled pattern. Okay. With some brown on there. And then the older they get, the more white develops. So they get like white streaks and white patches and Aww. stuff. And then the very old, the elderly, the geriatric are all white. Oh my god, they go gray. I know. Which is beautiful. I love that. Narwhals, they're just like us. They are. Honestly, the most relatable mammal out there to humans. <laughs> we say that every I, time. <laughs> we really do. I, too, have a big tooth that erupts out of the middle of my face. I also go gray with age. <laughs> I also have no teeth within my mouth. <laughs> I also have no dorsal fin. <laughs> <laughs> I am made of blubber and have a large sensory organ. Mm-hmm. I also communicate by means of my melon. <laughs> and live in Arctic waters. <laughs> yes. I also eat crustaceans. <laughs> um, so, uh, depending on different times of the years, they will dive to different depths for migration as well as hunting. But they can dive upwards of one mile beneath the surface, which cool. is wild. This yeah, seems like a long so, way. Yeah, um, it is a long way. It really is. Because it's almost completely dark there. And um, they can spend a lot of their time, like a big amount of their day, they said upwards of like three hours of their day, below 800 meters, which is very, very deep. And there's like crazy amounts of pressure, and it's where it's completely black, and there's like no oxygen and stuff. So, um the way that they do that is they actually have special adaptations for survival at that deep ocean level. Um, one of the issues that obviously going down that deep entails is like it will crush you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it'll just like crush just you having and you your die. body explode. Yes, but narwhals have a compressible rib cage, which is extremely flexible. Mm, and what? yes, and it can be squeezed as they continue to get farther and farther down in the ocean what they are mythical creatures i'm telling you um in order to survive at that uh depth as well they also need to be able to um essentially like carry as much oxygen as they can Mm -hmm. so um since their dives themselves like each specific dive can be 25 minutes long they have, um, they've developed a number of adaptations to help with that. So specifically, in their muscles, they have a concentration of myoglobin, which is the molecule that binds oxygen. So they, it's said that they have twice as much myoglobin as some seals and eight times wow. as much as terrestrial mammals, even those that are Whoa. specialized in fast running like the cheetah. Whoa. So they're able to bind oxygen to their muscles with myoglobin and just like hang out and be like, I'm good. Uh, and then it says that the average size narwhal can carry 70 liters of oxygen in its lung, blood, and muscles. So it says that this amount of oxygen meets the demands for more than 20 minutes underwater at a swim speed of one meter per second. It's crazy. Um, on top of this, the narwhal does not have the, it's called fast twitch fibers in their skeletal muscles like a dolphin does. Okay. But instead, their muscles are suited for endurance swimming. So it means that, um, like dolphins, they're 
using a lot of oxygen in order for their muscles to like constantly react and be able to move very quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, but narwhals are kind of just like big dopers. And so they just like, they're really in it for like the long haul. So it's like slow and steady wins the race. And so because of that, their muscles demand less oxygen. So they're not like constantly having to like turn and flip and do whatever. They're just like moping around, which Got is it. good for them. Um, on top of this, I'm telling you, man, they're the craziest, most mythical animals I could find. So, on top of this, they can save oxygen in their body by shutting off the blood flow to specific organs or non-critical body parts. Oh my god. They're just a tube! What body part's not critical? I don't know! One big tube with one (laughs) big pointy tooth! I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, And then, I mean, that takes me to my next point, in that because they have such streamlined tuby bodies, they glide super easy through water columns toward the bottom. So it means that they're not having to exert energy um, and use up oxygen to, like, work their muscles. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Let me just turn (laughs) off my heart for a second. I want to go swim a little bit longer. Oh, hold on. I don't want to breathe yet. Let me just (laughs) turn off the blood to my leg. Let me just turn my eyeballs off. I don't need them right now. I can't see anyway. What the? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. oh I thought the crusher was get or the pressure was gonna crush my ribs. Just kidding. They won't. Just kidding. I'm like a f- living squeaky toy. I am Jello. Oh my God. With a personality. I know. Can what? you believe that? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I know crazy man um they're so weird they are really weird but i think we can agree that they're like the coolest weirdest thing that exists right i still love it to bits yeah yeah it's great i mean it it makes perfect sense that it lives within the same family as belugas because they're both weird and like just ridiculous Yeah, yeah just just absurd so um this takes me to their conservation situation okay so i'm gonna give you a few facts and i want you to guess what their status is okay okay so they are endemic to arctic waters like i said they're found around greenland canada norway and russia okay they eat a lot of fish they've got a big tusk on their face and they can like they have all these amazing amazing adaptations to live in all these different areas and at crazy depths so what's your guess for their conservation status Oh, I'm torn. I kind of want to say maybe they're, like, near threatened. All right. Yeah, that's pretty good. They're actually specifically listed as of 2017 as least concern. Oh, shit. Which is, like, the next step down, which is good. Um, Yeah, the reason being that they have – their numbers, like, are actually going up, which is great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, But I think part of the uh, issue – or part of, I guess, the good thing is that they are so far north that a lot of times human encroachment doesn't necessarily affect them as much yeah. as other animals might. Right. So, pretty cool. Um, they do still have a few threats that they face. Specifically, oil and gas development are some of the biggest ones because obviously they affect the habitat that they live in, the ocean. But they also contribute to noise pollution, which a lot of researchers think might um, make it harder for them to communicate with the rest of their group. So okay. it's, like, a lot harder for them for those, like, clicks and knocks and whistles and stuff to be heard by their right. by the other members in their group because 
of noise pollution, which is not great. Um, but then obviously the biggest one that they threat is climate change or biggest threat that they face is climate change. Um, because although they are migratory, they don't necessarily follow the food. They, they go back to specific areas. So with the effects of climate change, a lot of times what that means is other species, like a lot of the fish that they eat may not live in those areas anymore because the temperature isn't right or the um, uh, conditions in that area aren't conducive to them living there. So they may live somewhere else. But the narwhal is still going to go back to that area because it's used to migrating to that area every year. Mm-hmm. And so even if there's no food for them there, they're still going to go there and be like, where's the food? Yeah. Um, so that's not great. Uh, but then also there is a minor threat from hunting by humans, um, specifically... A lot of the uh, countries surrounding that area and in that area use, like, products from them, like their blubber, blubber. and, like, meat and things like that. Yeah, and they also are hunted occasionally for their ivory tusks because those are ivory, um, which isn't great because, again, that kind of provides, like, a market for ivory, which, even though the narwhal specifically isn't so necessarily tooth is made of getting... Ivory? Yeah, even though it's not necessarily what? specifically getting shit on, um, because of that, it still, like I said, creates a market for other animals that have ivory products like elephants and stuff that are getting shit on and are getting murdered for that. Um, yeah, I think it's, I'm trying to remember, maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I want to say, like, ivory um, is, like, a classification term. Oh, fuck it, no. Right? Don't ask me shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know nothing. Well, that's the end of this episode. (laughs) There it is. Ask me one single thing. I can't answer it. Um, Yeah, so there are a number of things going on there. And there is attention being paid to narwhals because people are concerned that if the trends keep going the way that they are, that they could become a situation where they are, like you said, near threatened or threatened. Yeah. And it's going to be much harder, as we've seen, to help cetaceans because they have so many factors that affect them and so many issues that pop up when trying to help them. Um, One kind of interesting thing about narwhals, though, specifically related to their conservation, first off, they're doing pretty okay, so we should all be really excited. This isn't as much of a bummer as my last few (laughs) animals. Yay! Uh, But one thing that's interesting is I don't believe, and again, someone out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I couldn't find any zoological institution or aquarium that houses narwhals. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, because I think they they don't really do well in a zoological population. No, they have a sword on their face. Right, 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 right. And I think that makes housing them uh, difficult. Yes, I agree. And this is in direct contrast, however, to belugas, which thrive in a zoological setting. So, kind of interesting. Um but if you are interested in seeing them or learning about them, maybe look at doing like a conservation-based whale watching expedition or something like that yeah. in one of those areas. That might be a cool way to help. Um, but I did want to talk uh, really quickly about narwhals in the media because, oh. first off, they're the unicorns of the sea, mm-hmm. which is kind of a horrifying tuna brand if we're talking about it. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> They have, for a long time, been a part of literature and art. So, 
Um, in Jules Verne 1870 novel, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it is hypothesized that the giant sea creature um, was a, the narwhal. Sorry. Narwhal? My, literally, my brain stopped working. Was it? Yeah, it was a narwhal. Um, <laughs> that was unfortunate. Um, there is also a portion of Herman Melville's 1851 novel, Moby Dick, in which he mm. talks about the narwhal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he's talked specifically about how there was a narwhal tusk that hung in Windsor Castle for a long time that had been given to Queen Elizabeth the first. Um, and he also claimed that, uh, the thrones of Danish kings were made from narwhal tusks, which is, I know, it's wild. Um, in addition, there is a book called The Lore of the Unicorn, which talks about narwhals at length. Uh, the author kind of talks about early interpretations of them and being just the whack animal that they are. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I think that's about it. But people have long since been, like, obsessed with the narwhal for obvious reasons because they look insane, right? It's like I a would be dinosaur too. thing. I don't even know. Exactly. What is, I don't even know what it is. I think my personal favorite, uh narwhal in media though has to be from the movie elf yeah you know when like buddy is like hopping on that little ice block and he's like bye buddy hope you find your dad and buddy's like thanks mr narwhal like that's the best man i say that all the time anytime i'm like saying goodbye to someone i'm just like bye exactly. buddy hope you find your dad <laughs> like what are you talking literally about literally the best what do you mean you know what i'm talking about how do you not know what i'm talking about you fool you fool talking about that toothed whale um yeah yes so, absolutely the best love that anyone hasn't seen that check it check out it also out. whoever made elf sponsor us <laughs> hey uh you, you know what's that do? comedian <laughs> hey will ferrell oh will sponsor us <laughs> will ferrell hey um sponsor our podcast do you want to sponsor our podcast in which we mentioned you once <laughs> after i had um, to ask what your name was <laughs> We're your number one fans. <laughs> um, do they sword fight with their tooth? I think I think that's part of it, yeah, because the hypothesis is that the males use it to establish dominance. I mean, how can you not? You've got that big thing on your face. Right. Of course you're going to. It's of course, we- you have to. It's not just for show. Like, that's a weapon. Also, when I was researching this, I thought of a really terrible pun do you want to hear it oh uh, do i have a choice not really okay go for it all right <laughs> i guess it's more of like a joke <laughs> it's a joke pun okay, okay okay uh what's um the narwhal's favorite lyric to a song i don't know what is the narwhal's favorite <laughs> lyric to a song to the findo to the narwhal sweat drip down my balls <laughs> I... You know that one? I do. <laughs> I am familiar. <laughs> oh I thought of it, and then I laughed, and then I immediately cringed, and I was like, she's going to hate me. <laughs> was can't, I right? <laughs> can't hate you any more than I already do. Oh, everyone was like, there should have been Blessed. more puns in the Moray episode. No, there shouldn't have been. It had just it had one from you, and that was plenty. Guys, if I start, I won't stop. So be careful what you fish for <laughs> it's pandora's box you guys you don't even know you literally look don't what you've know. done look what you've done you have no idea um 
Okay, let's get off this this touchy subject. I wanted to talk really quickly, too. I know we touched on it in our dolphin episode, but since we're back here, we've got two ocean animals in a row. Ocean! Yeah, I wanted to to remind people and have a quick discussion on what are some ways that you can help protect our oceans. Number one, don't release balloons every time something dies, because you're just killing more things. Or maybe just don't release balloons in general. Well, true, but they always do it when, like, a baby dies or something. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of really good alternatives, you guys. You can blow bubbles... You can, you can do art, you can light candles, you can, there's a lot of things you can do. Please look them up, but please understand that we're not trying to be mean and say that we don't care about whatever happened, but by doing that, you're actively killing hundreds of thousands of animals. So even though you don't mean to, even though you'll never see it, it's happening and it absolutely will happen. So don't do it. Don't do it. What else, Flora? What else can people do? Not use plastic straws. Excellent. And plastic bags. Stop doing that. Stop I think there was it. just a news article the other day about, like, these, like, 17 sperm whales or something who found they had, like, pounds and pounds of plastic bags in their stomach. So, great. Great. Um, don't do that. Just don't do it. In this day and age, we all have a canvas bag. We've all got a backpack. We've all have ways of getting reusable bags, so mm-hmm. please avoid plastic bags. Again, it's one of those things. Same thing with plastic straws. I know that you will probably never in your life see the detrimental effects of that firsthand, but just because it's out of sight, out of mind, doesn't mean it isn't happening, because it absolutely is. Think about it that way. Every time you use a plastic straw or use a plastic bag, if you think like, hey, this is, the, like when I discard this, it's going to kill an animal. Then maybe, maybe you won't. Yeah. Maybe change your mind real quick. Change your mind a little bit. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, turn off the faucet when you're brushing your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Save some water for the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) That is very good. That um, is good. That's all I know. I was going to say, um, look to purchase sustainably harvested seafood. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about um, the Seafood Watch, which a lot of companies and a lot of restaurants and stuff participate in. So make sure to look at that when you're buying seafood, if you do eat seafood. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to ensure that you're not contributing to, like, bycatch issues and things like that, which yeah. is good. Um, oh, just go to, like, a local, if you live by a beach, just go to, like, a local beach cleanup or start a local oh! beach cleanup. Heck yeah, that's a great thing to do. Every little bit helps, seriously. Um, and it's a good activity to do, like, with your friends or your family or, like, hey, maybe you can do that as, like, an in-memoriam for whoever passed away. Yeah. That'd like be a, a nice thing to do. safer for animals and people alike. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you're looking to volunteer or you need something for your college application, do it. Oh, it's yeah. a great thing to do. Um, try and reduce your plastic consumption because just like with plastic mm-hmm. straws and plastic mm-hmm. bags, just about all of that at some point or another, it's going to end up in the ocean. Yeah. And we already have that big floating island of plastic trash, and we don't need to make it any bigger. No. So, try to reduce it. If you can, look for alternatives that are in either compostable materials, like cardboard or paper, or in things that are more easily recycled, like glass or aluminum or plastic that you know for sure is being recycled, or just reuse the plastic that you have. If you have, like a weird 
plastic Tupperware container that you don't know what to do with and you're just going to throw away, try reusing it for your lunch or anything like that. Or try putting like crafts in it or something like that. Yeah. You buy those big old tubs of butter. You could have like free Tupperware for life. Oh, every grandma however, have knew to what she was doing. <laughs> go through some butter, but. Is that really going to be an issue? I don't think no, so. No, it's not. You're going to have to work through some butter. Uh, and then the last thing that I could think of, I mean, there are tons of others, but is just do what you can to, on like a local scale, to try to help mitigate the effects of climate change. Mm-hmm. Because... Again, as we talked about, that is one of the biggest threats to not just narwhals, but all animals on the planet. Um, No matter what habitat they live in, whether they're terrestrial, whether they live in the ocean, whether they take to the skies, like whatever it may be, it's still going to affect every single one of them. So if you can do things like recycle or compost or um, live a more sustainable life or you know, eat more conscious food or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you choose to do or donate to conservation organizations or bike to work. Like any of those things help and they all add up. And Mm -hmm. I know they may not seem like it because you don't see direct effects, but at the same time, you're also not seeing the direct effect of the plastic straw that got shoved up a turtle's nose. (laughs) But like, it still, it still helps. Like it's still still happening. happening. Yeah. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Ugh. What a good soapbox, though. Thanks. And I, I was going to say, go ahead. Um, but yeah, and then just like telling your friends, too, if you see someone who's like, yeah, my dog died. I'm going to release 700,000 balloons into the ocean. You can maybe <laughs> be like, let's think of something else. Like, there's always an easy and tactful way to impart yeah. wisdom on your friends and family. Yeah, Totally. Maybe you can do something like plant a memorial garden that helps foster bee growth in the area. Or, yeah. like, maybe you can, like, plant a tree. Or, like you said, like, maybe do a beach cleanup. Or maybe host a fundraiser for some animal conservation. Yeah. Or sign up to move to Antarctica to study the narwhal full time. What? Explain <laughs> to us why it is the way that it is. Because I need to know. Please do this for us. Someone out there has got to be able to help us. Just for us. Explain this. Because we got to know, man. It's it's wild. I I mean, I don't want to be too bold here, but I, like, episode one, Aardvark, that animal was whack. It was so whack. I would almost argue that this animal is just as whack. I just, what if we go to see Jurassic Park in, like, 20 days, and it's like, they're swimming in the ocean, and it's just like, na, 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 and then a narwhal comes out. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, yep, it's a dinosaur. Right? That was a, that was a sneaky little ad you, you snuck in there for <laughs> Jurassic Park. Just, like, really excited for Jurassic Park. But it just doesn't seem like it fits in our timeline that we're in, to just have a tooth jutting out of your face. That just seems right, right, like... Right. Oh, I'm a dinosaur and I spit poison or have a lot of teeth or, I don't know, I have three horns because I'm a triceratops or, like, I'm made of armor. Yeah, I have a tooth that's the size of my body. Yeah, the narwhal just kind of gently comes floating up to you and is like, I don't have any tooth teeth in my mouth, but I got <laughs> one in my face. But check out this bad boy. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And that's him sword fighting with somebody else. I think I would just rapidly swim away. Well, or maybe, I don't know if maybe you could. just die on the spot. <laughs> right. 
I think when you notice the narwhal, it's already too late. You know what? You're right. He probably just like gently pokes you in the back like, oh, excuse me. But he's like (laughs) nine feet away. (laughs) Oh my God. Watch out, bitch. I just... Yeah. I hope that uh, in this episode, I... I less answered your questions, but more, like, brought about more questions. Right. Like, I didn't stay awake at night thinking about narwhals before. um, Right, right, right. But now, when I have anxious nights, considering my future and the state of the world, I'm just going to include narwhal questions that will never be answered in my timeline. You know what, though? Maybe that's good, because, like, as you cycle through all the, like, anxious thoughts that you have... Um, maybe just adding one more to it will be that, that extra one that'll, like, help lull you to sleep. Really? Will it? I don't know. Or maybe you'll just, like, have horrific nightmares for the rest of your life. Great. You're welcome! Looking forward to this. Hey, everyone, uh, if you're just, for whatever reason, tuning in to the very end of this episode, uh, (laughs) (laughs) TLDL, um, we did the narwhal. It's a toothed whale. It's within the same family as the beluga whale. They're the only two within that family. They're both really weird, but we focused on the weirder of the two. Um, they, let's just get to the point. They have a big old tooth that comes out that of their face. That was a fucking pun. Oh my god. See, I told you guys. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. Uh, it's their left tooth, in fact. Their left tooth um there will be a quiz like, after the class you need to know it's the left one it's the left tooth everyone it sort of just explodes out of their face and it spirals in counterclockwise fashion um just out just out in front of their face and it could be up to nine feet long um the right tooth just kind of remains impacted in the skull so that's cool they have the ability to grow 14 teeth but they don't they just don't. Uh, they're found in Arctic waters near Greenland, Canada, Norway, and Russia. They are carnivores. They eat a variety of fish, mainly cod, halibut, squid, octopus, crustaceans, other things. Um, they are migratory, and they communicate just like belugas do with quicks, or excuse me, clicks, whistles, and knocks. And all of those things are reverberated in their big squishy melon, which is their forehead, and projected out into time and space. Um, they just... can dive. Go ahead. Can't stop thinking about my teeth erupting out of my face, and like I have such sensitive teeth, and those mm-hmm. poor narwhals, nobody's sending them any sensodyne. Like what? What if one of them has like a really sensitive tooth, and he, the cold water, I, that would just give me a migraine. You know what though? Remember I said they have up to ten million nerve endings in their t- in their big tooth. It's even so worse. those poor guys probably have constant migraines. Um. They can also dive to depths of up to one mile, and they have a number of really whack and bizarre adaptations that allow them to do that. Namely, their rib cage is uncrushable. They can turn <laughs> off blood flow to different parts of their bodies. They just attach oxygen to their muscles, and they just sort of like ooze and float around. And so they're able to just like hang out down there for like 25 minutes. Um, so now that you've talked about your made up creature that you made up, Obviously. <laughs> sure did. Sources, me. <laughs> oh my god. Flora, what was your favorite narwhal fact? Probably the fact that it is uncrushable. Yeah. I mean... Good luck crushing a, a 
a blubber raw beast. pork sausage. Right. That's what they are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I feel to... like this episode was full of a lot of just, like, stunned silence. Yes, all the episodes you do, I just, like, stare at my computer with my mouth open. Oh, 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 another fun fact. Um, so the Norse prefixes, uh, meaning narwhal, actually mean corpse whale, because the Icelandic people, when they first came up with that, um, said that the skin color of the you already narwhal. This. I know this is the TLDL. That's what I'm saying. Oh, is it resembles a drowned sailor? I was like, holy shit, you've lost your mind. <laughs> We've now you're on repeat. That's how much you've made up all these fucking facts. You don't even know what you said. Way to pay attention. <sighs> the top <laughs> comment is on YouTube is they're not weird. They're just misunderstood. Well, we're trying to understand them, and that's not our fault that they don't answer our calls, and they don't, had no comment to give. You know what, though? That sounds exactly like a comment a narwhal would leave. <laughs> Typing with its tooth. <laughs> poke, poke. Jesus. Poke. Nine feet away, it's just poking. Oh, I'm just misunderstood. Um, well, with that, folks, take one page out of the narwhal from Elf's book, and just... Find your dad. I just wanted to say... Hi, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We hope you learned some cool stuff about the narwhal and had a good time hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out our Instagram, where we post lots of fun pictures, facts, links, um, images of the scary shadow man who has made another appearance. You're all welcome. He'll never leave. Uh, and that handle is keeper underscore chat. You can also... Um, send any comments or questions or anything or hate mail if you want to uh, to our Gmail, which is keeperchat at gmail.com. In addition, we have a Facebook page, so if you want to see stuff from us, you can like it. Sure. We also have a Twitter, which we never check, so go ahead Good and head luck. over there if you're interested. <laughs> uh, you can find us and uh, all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Podbean, uh, I don't know, anything except for Spotify because... They continue to hate us. They continue to hate us. You know what, though? When all this is said and done, they're going to be our sponsor. <laughs> they're going to be our, our only sponsor. I can feel it. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this, let your friends and family know. That's the best way to get the word out. Yay! That's the end of this episode. Next week, Flora will be presenting her Animal of the Week, which is the letter O. O can you believe that? Origami. Oh, I can't wait to learn. <laughs> About about that paper beast. (laughs) Tell me about that paper bitch. (laughs) As always, if you liked this, great. If you didn't, we don't care. Smell you later. Bye. I'm going to go lay in bed and have an existential crisis about narwhals. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)